A lot of you find yourselves quarantining with racists. You didn't know that they might have your same last name or you kind of suspected that they were racist, but it wasn't that big of a deal because you didn't live there, but now you can't leave your house and you're always there and then throw on top of it. We happen to be in the middle of what looks to be a rebellion in the sake for the sake of racial justice. And now they can't really stop talking without their racism just kind of coming out of their mouth. We learned that maybe George Floyd deserved it, or he got it coming, or how hard it is to be a police officer, or how there might have been a pre-existing condition that led to Floyd's murder, or that uh, it was an isolated case, but for pretty much the blacks just need to go back to their place. So you're learning that your parents have all of these unfortunate views, and you don't know what to do with that, uh, because somehow they're sociopaths, right? So you were raised by sociopaths. It was undiagnosed. And in my view, there's probably more undiagnosed or asymptomatic uh, white sociopaths than there are asymptomatic COVID-19 victims. So that's just what you're now, you're dealing with a, a full-blown case of, of, of white sociopathology that's actually in your house and you can't leave. You can't go back to college. You can't go to work. You're just there with them as, you know, whatever news is blaring, um, giving you all of the wrong sense of your family. So what do you do in that case? And I know this is an issue because I found this article about this woman who was kind of freaking out because she didn't know or she didn't want to didn't have to confront the fact that her parents are sociopaths it turns out that that's the case like i've been talking about this for a while but i there's a great essay called the psychopath uh the psychopathic racial personality that bobby Wright wrote the psychopathic racial personality i'm going to put it in i'll go ahead and put it in the description of this video uh, now bobby Wright actually thinks that these white people are psychopaths so I don't go as hard as he does. Um, I just think it's sociopath. And it's just like we have cultural institutions that normalize sociopathology. And one of those cultural institutions are, you know, your school. And in a liberal school, they'll tell the, the propaganda comes in the form of what we don't tell people. We don't tell people about redlining or about like generic white terrorism that governed the United States post-Reconstruction. We don't talk or we talk about the Civil War as if it ended at like in, in 64, as opposed to like at the end of reconstruction with a loss, <laughs> the, the North black people lost the civil war at the end of reconstruction. And we're just, we're still losing. Um, yeah, we don't talk about, we don't talk about these issues. And so you can fill in their knowledge, um, with books. And one of the best books out there, I think on this, the best first books about uh, racial justice in the United States is probably The Color of Money by Mercer Broadon. But if your parents are like, you know, a lot of white parents possibly, they won't read a book that you recommend to them because they already have so many answers themselves. So what I suggest is if you're gonna go this route, um, do like a book club, family book club or quarantine book club or quarantine quarter, whatever, where you just take a chapter every other week or a chapter a week and go with it and, you know, maybe make it easy on them. Say that I'll do this around the house or mow the lawn or whatever. If, if we read as a family, uh, Mercer Baradaran's The Color of Money and just like one chapter a week, we're going to be in quarantine for a while and they're not going to stop being racist. So I think this is, 
a, a, a healthy way. If they are actually bookish, if you lucked out and have those bookish races as your family, this is actually the best book on the market for it. It's called From Here to Equality. Um, it's a little bit more dense, but it's 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 great. It's it's great. And at the end, if you read both, um, if you read both uh, The Color of Money and From Here to Equality, and your parents are still racist, well, at least they've done their due diligence. They've earned their racism, I feel like. Uh, yeah, because everybody's got, because <laughs> right now their racism is built on like this one story, this one time this black guy harassed me that one time, and uh, I'm, I'm still upset about it. And so I moved our whole family out to the suburbs and blah, 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 blah. So uh, what, what The Color of Money and From Here to, from here to Equality do is actually like ground the case for racial justice in the United States. But also since it took an entire institution to uh, make your parents racist and sociopaths, kind of defanging that is going to be a little bit of jujitsu, or not jujitsu, Aikido, right? It's going to be take a little bit of Aikido in terms of as you use their kind of weight against them in a way, but in a way that they can't uh, anticipate. So there's a great book called Responsibility for Justice by Iris Marion Young. Like I said, they're not going to read this, but you should. I, uh, the, the crux of the argument is that the guilt liability model where we just blame people for being racist or blame people for something uh, individualizes it in a way that's not helpful. Right, so they get defensive, they shut down, and then you're done. Right, so the guilt liability model doesn't work. However, we have to get people to understand that whether you intentionally are racist or a sociopath or not, you're still a problem for everyone else. And that means like you have a responsibility to actually make the world whole. So whether you did it or not, you still have a responsibility. It's actually irrelevant whether you or yourself are a racist. You're thrown into a world where racial justice is a problem. So insofar as you're an American and you profit from America, you have to figure out how to make America's debts whole. And America's debts include its debts to its black people. So uh, Responsibility for Justice, I, I think, is a, is a fantastic book. We also have to understand that uh, your church is going to be a problem. You know, I'm one of these cats who thinks, and for a good reason, that the church, at least in the South, but I've lived all over the United States, and I'll just say the church broadly, is a problem for racial justice. It's actually an actively regressive institution. Not Christianity necessarily, but the church. Um, and that's the black church and a white church. The black church just teaches its people to give up on white people and like get their, get their reward in heaven. And the white church just teaches you to like, you know, not think about what real substantive political justice means for the Negro. Um, maybe do like soup kitchens or your, your charity, but not actually like, <laughs> um, uh, I think as Niebuhr said that in the fallen world, love looks like doing justice. But uh, apparently love doesn't look like making sure that your neighbors have health care. And I'm not talking about if your neighbor gets sick, like passing the plate. I'm talking about making sure your neighbors have health care. That should be what love looks like, at least in my, my Christian church. But we have to understand that the Christian church was also a, f a fertile uh, recruiting ground and sustaining ground for the Klan. And it's not an accident. So the church has uh, some problems, and they're going to come around to the issue of what does it mean to honor your father and mother, especially if your father and mother are racist. What does that mean? Well, in many churches, that just means obey, do what they say, and shut up. Right? And so that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem uh, for a few obvious reasons. 
other churches are actually a little bit more enlightened and they'll say like, well, it means leading them on the path to righteousness. Righteousness. That's what honor truly means. It means giving them their due. Uh, so that I think is a, is a healthy, is a more helpful way. Apparently there's a book that I have not read um, that, that hits the nail on the head and talks about how that, that commandment is itself like the soul and the, um, like that commandments caused, like killed more black people than the Klan. Right. So a book called Alice Miller, um, and a book written by Alice Miller called thou shalt not be aware again, Alice Miller. And the book is called thou shalt not be aware is just about the damage done by that commandment. And the damage is enormous. So until we actually deal with what it means to honor your father and mother in both a Christian way and uh, a way that actually moves them towards racial justice, we in introduce, uh, we end up just reproducing kind of awful white people. I don't want you, I'm, white people, if you're watching this video, I don't want you to become a sociopath. Um, and I don't want you to have to, you know, deal with sociopaths at Thanksgiving. And if you actually don't take me seriously right now, you'll find yourself making excuses for your family and you'll make it. And when you do it yourself, because that's the only way you know, you'll know how to be, you'll find yourself making excuses for yourself. And so we can do the intervention now during quarantine. And I want, we want to do it right now while they're still alive before you, uh, their inheritance starts becoming a big deal. Because the worry is that baby boomers themselves had a problem with their parents, but then like they saw how much racism paid <laughs> like, and they had bills to pay and the parents had money. So when, the, when, when money, when racism pays and anti-racism actually like loses you a job, it's really easy to be a racist. It's very lucrative to be a racist. We have an entire fertile economy built on white supremacy. So it's going to just seem like the way things are done. And I want to kind of disabuse your family of that relationship to both Christianity and money now, uh, before you get addicted to money and find yourself uh, doing all sorts of things to make sure that your uncle, the racist, is comfortable with you to leave you in your will. Because I know that happens. And nobody makes granny upset, so we have to both be fragile for granny and be, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, comfort your uncle so that, you know, he gives your wasteful brother a job. So what that means is... Uh, what that means is actually being honest about the influence of your family and your church in forming your parents' psychopathy. And you can work with them about that. You can work with them about that. You have to be gentle, though. Depersonalize it. Don't blame them. Say, like, look, you're a product of your institution, so let's actually investigate and interrogate your institutions and where you came up with the stories that just kind of normalized the notion that black people are disposable. Let's, let's actually, let's kind of figure it out. And you can, like, you, they can talk about their churches and your parents love talking about themselves. So have them talk about themselves and kind of do like a systematic analysis of all of their uh, institutions because they're products. They're products of these unfortunate institutions and we need to kind of like heal the institutions, heal your parents in that way. Uh, they can heal the relationship between your parents. All right. So I hope this has been helpful. And if you have any questions, I, I, go ahead. Oh, by the way, if you uh, appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to thefunkyacademic.com. 
and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month. Because what I'm doing, depending on who you talk to, makes me down white unemployable. I'm saying that white people need to fix their families and they need to fix their churches so all of us can be free. Um, and I think you can do it. And I think uh, that's just one of the ways justice has to go. Thank you for your time. And I will see you tomorrow when I have a different show. Peace.